like read enough about him to like oh, let me ask you this do you know like if you hadn't watched the sparks brothers mm-hmm. would you have known that ron and russell were the weird sons of bitches they are or would you have thought like it's just some guy with a big poofy haircut and another guy with a I'll be Hitler honest. mustache. Like I don't, I don't think that I would have, if I hadn't seen that documentary, I still might not be into Sparks. Yeah, because I wonder if that's why. Again, I haven't read anything about him other than I just know he's a weird dude. Like I don't know enough about Mac DeMarco to like what I've heard. It's fine. It's just nothing I get. Into. It's. Just, Nothing to make me a fan. The people who love him love him, right? But, but to your point, you were saying like, is he being weird to be weird just for the sake of weirdness? Like, I don't know enough about him to know I, until they make the until, until they make they, the Demarco movie. <laughs> I, I don't see that. I mean, you know, he'd have to be in the game for fifty years for that to happen, right? Yeah, like I don't know if Mac Demarco is worthy of documentary treatment yet. <laughs> I, who knows? Maybe he will be one day. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But no, I, I like he was on my radar. I remember um, what was, was the album Salad Days or something like that. There's a big an album that was indie, darling, critical. You know, everybody everybody's loving on the Mac DeMarco, and I was like, uh, you know, I'll give it a try sometime. And then I saw um, uh, he was. <laughs> There's a Crowded House video for one of the songs off of the most recent album where he's the actor in it. Like, he, like he, the video is him doing stuff. Um, of Mike DeMarco of doing Mike stuff? Of Mike DeMarco, yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll check it out. And then I tried listening to a few tracks and just like, yeah, you know. Was Neil C in this guy? Kind of. I think, I, I think it was more... Um, uh, more Liam, to, to, you know, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Um, um, who's opening for Cry House, by the way? Do you know? I have no idea. Mac DeMarco. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, uh, I don't know who would be bigger at this point. Like, who, what kind of pull they would get to get. It's funny when you get into that sort of situation. It's like, um, it's like those tours where, where uh, Fountains of Wayne was opening for Squeeze. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Like, and then. I'm going to see Roxy Music this week. Mm-hmm. Who's opening for them? St. Vincent. Oh, wow. So that I, was like, that was, and that to me was like the... The clincher? The clincher. Yeah. Like, I kept like twiddling my thumbs on that. I'm like going, I don't know, like, Barry's voice isn't as good as it's going to be, but... Yeah, can he hit those notes on more than this? Well, the reports is, is that occasionally he has to lower a key, which is fine. I'm not... That's perfectly fine, and he's got good. He's got good backup singers, which I'm sure he does. Mm-hmm. He's he's gonna be fine, I think. On some review I read, um, it was like the first show in Toronto, and I guess he said they said that he kind of struggled a little bit with more than this. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, the dude's in his seventies. It's the first show. Of course, it's going to waver a little bit. And every other report has been like, and every video I've seen has been like, that varies on it. But the clincher for me is like, I want to see St. Vincent again. Like, it'll be maybe my third or fourth time seeing her. See, I've never seen her live. I love her music. But 
um, she is playing, and I just pulled up her her tour to to confirm it because I I I swear I saw it on the way home from work. Uh, I think yesterday, I was you know like because I I take the the um, the two hundred two part of the way, so I drive by yeah. the marquee every every day. <laughs> and I was like, wait, did that just say St. Vincent? And yeah, she's playing she's playing the Marquee Theater on uh on this coming Friday. No shit. September thirtieth, yeah. So I'm I'm like, is that is that enough to get me to go to the marquee again? I haven't been no. to the marquee in so long. Don't. Just yeah. don't do it. It's not worth it. Really? Even after like even so I can go see Saint Vincent. No. Because the marquee will find a way to fuck it up. I, I thought I'll tell you what, I, I thought that, I mean, take your chance, roll a dice and take your chances, but I hate going in that theater. I hate that, you, you, we've, I have been very vocal about how much I hate the marquee. Yeah, like, Lucky Man will never sponsor uh, this podcast because we... Because we, we've talked shit, so much shit about, yeah. the, about the marquee. But I even remember um, seeing Airpol, and Airpol didn't even want to finish their show. So <laughs> that's the that's the last time I saw... Credit House actually was at the marquee. marquee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's the the well famous to me story of of almost like running uh, Neil Finn off the road because yeah. like, well off the sidewalk because I was like, who are these people taking up the entire sidewalk on the wrong side of the street? <laughs> They're Kiwis, dude. They yeah. don't know. <laughs> yep. And I was like, oh, it's it's the man himself. I'll get off, Mister Finn. Here, you go. <laughs> No, I'll I'll walk in the bike lane. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, this is Mental Platypus. Oh, yeah, it is. It sure is Mental Platypus. I'm Jared. I'm Jason. And uh, you can find us on social media at mental underscore platypus on, well, basically just Twitter. That's where you can find us. Yeah. Um, by us, I mean me, because I'm the only one tweeting on that. And then you can find Jason at Jason E. Kyle, K-E-I-L, on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, you can find Jared pretty much at no Platypus, uh, underscore Platypus. But if you want to see the archive, uh, LTD underscore engagement. Uh, drop the underscore like it's hot on the Instas. You get to see some pictures of a cat from a few years ago. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the last time I was I was on there. Um, and, you know, I, I have to say I'm, I'm really... Pretty happy not to be on Instagram anymore. Yeah, yeah, I don't um, I have to be because I work now. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, but uh, um, it's it's interesting. So I what was it? Where was I going with that though? But yeah, so I mean, that's that's the last time I saw Credit House was was there. I'd be interested um, to know if you go. I I, I don't. Think I'm not going to go with you. I, I wouldn't be able to go with you anyway. I I don't I don't see myself going there. It's I I. I love live music so much, and I, I am probably going to get tickets to see Crowded House, but Mesa Arts Center is different. It's a much more, to me, it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, I'll go see a concert at the MIM because it's a pleasant venue to go sit at, mm-hmm. and it's got great sound. Um, the last time I went to Mesa Arts Center, I think, was for Lyle Lovett. I think that's the last time I went there. Um, but I recall it having great sound, and again, you know, it's a much more tame environment, mm-hmm. but <laughs> tell that to my dentist who was in the mosh pit, or the quote unquote mosh pit for who David Byrne. Oh, <laughs> it was like, I'm like, 
I was like maybe three or four rows up from David Byrne. Mm-hmm. And then I like, I know that guy. I'm like, holy shit, that's my dentist. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I should also mention that my dentist is, um, this isn't, I'm not going to mention his name because he doesn't need any plug, a plug. Um, but uh, he's the doc that rocks. So like <laughs> his, because um, I think he's a, when a dentist comes to town, I think he, when a star comes to town, he's their dentist. Oh, okay. Um, but also, like his, um, each one of his exam rooms has a, his lobby is all. All music? All covers, like. Um, album covers? Uh, album covers. And then the inside is all tour posters. Oh, wow. Of jam bands. So it's oh, like. Geez. Widespread Panic. Uh, wow. Um, Pink Floyd, he's uh, got like a obscure tour poster of like the first Grateful Dead show, mm. uh, stuff like that. It's it's wild, man. I mean, I like it, but uh, um, I'm not a big widespread panic fan, obviously. Uh, a lot of fish posters, a lot of stuff like oh, that. So. Yeah, the, yeah, I, I've just never the closest, I think the closest I get to a jam band is probably Wilco. Yeah, and that's can, like they can loosest, jam every once in a while, and that's like the loosest sense of the word. Oh yeah, yeah. Like they'll go on for ten minutes as the, as the feeling. Yeah, as they are moved by the spirit. Yeah, yeah, as yeah, exactly as they're moved by the spirit. But um, I think that's probably and each show is different. I think maybe them and Pearl Jam. Oh, Pearl yeah, Jam Pearl is Jam not can a, go. Well, they they can. I mean, McCready can go off for a while, mm-hmm. um, and I know. Better will encourage that so he can, you know, like do his tambourine throwing and all that kind of thing. <laughs> He's like taking their swig on the bottle. Yeah. Uh, this bottle yeah, the of wine bottle I line. brought. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, so I mean, there's, there's that. And, and, you know, by that token, Neil Young can go off for a while too. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed that apparently Dan Company is doing their last tour next summer. Uh, as announced yesterday. That's a band I've still just never managed to get into is the Grateful Dead. I, I There are songs that I've heard that I really like here and there, but I feel like at some point I'm going to go through a period where I just get into the Grateful Dead. Like I, I can mm-hmm. feel it coming at some point. It's one of those bands that it mm-hmm. feels inevitable for me to, to go down the rabbit hole. Well, if you've got time to kill, uh, I recommend... I I got an assignment like so I got into him because I got an assignment to see them a couple of years ago mm-hmm. um, at Action the Dead Company not the Grateful Dead. Because, well, yeah, because they haven't been the Grateful Dead since Jerry died. Right, and they can't. Uh, other than the time in Chicago, they can't get. Uh, it's just Bob, and they can't get uh, Phil mm-hmm. uh, to join them because Phil tours with his family. Right. Um, well, and that was. Um, Speaking of Wilco, that they just did the Philco show. Oh, they did it with Phil? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That would be great. I've seen both Phil and Dan Company live now. And um, Phil actually got the edge because it was like his guitar, like his other guitarist is his son. Mm. Um, who, like, they have their own band. And then when I saw them, it was like Pod Gold. Best. Okay, gotcha. And it was that wasn't the year that uh, that replacements were there, was it? No, <laughs> no, no. I don't think so. Um, 
That's the only time I've considered going to that festival was when the replacements, replacements were, were there. there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, oh, and that one got rained out and they ended up having to play in the marquee. Yeah. Oh, no. This is like the second or third year. Yes, okay. I remember that now. Um, <laughs> um, no, this is... Um, it, they did this one at Rawhide. Oh. And it was Jam Band Day. And... Phil's Phil's kid has his own band whose name escapes me right now. I follow them on Facebook. So, um, so they play, and then a couple. Uh, it was like then Big Head, Time the Monsters, and oh, like sure. all these other like jammy bands. I kind of liked them in the nineties. And then Phil played two sets, um, and his, the band, his son's band, was the back his backing band, and I think they had the edge like over Dan Company. Like within a year, I saw both of these bands. And I liked Phil's better because it was more, felt more homey to me. Like it was like, like he really loves the music. His kid loves the music. It was a big family. They had, they had like a synergy that you can't, uh, I mean, you got Steve and Phil have been playing, um, uh, not Phil, uh, Steve and um, Bob. Bob have been playing for like years. Mm-hmm. And Mayer's really good, even though he has the weirdest O face I've ever seen. <laughs> I, 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 he bugs the fuck out of me. That's probably one of the reasons why I haven't gotten into that or tried to go see them or anything like that. Because I, I, I just don't like John Mayer the person, I don't think. No, I don't think I like John Mayer the person, though. He's definitely on the road to uh, self improvement. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's. Supposedly, his last album was actually pretty good. The one that looked like an 80s cover. His trio album is really good, too. He has this live trio album. He's got, like, really good musicians backing him up. They're, like, famous people, and I, I can't escape. Like, mm-hmm. people who've played with, like, Steely Dan and shit. Oh, wow. And, like, no one can deny, like, John has the chops. He's talented, yeah. Yeah, like, but, and he's not, as far as, like, personality goes... He's not to Eric Clapton's level yet, mm. but he's not, you know. Not far off? No, he's not even that far. He's just been, a, he's learning, he's been growing up, like he started like what, as a teenager? Yeah. So he went through like his, you know, frat boy phase. Right. Where he was a shit. He's human. grown up in public. Is yeah, what he's said. grown up in public. Yeah. So I think he's real, he's become a more mature adult, but he, during that time, he did his college frat boy phase. And right. Probably a little longer than anyone else. And, right. But I, I think his guitar playing stellar. I just, mm. um, but I, and he's definitely like in sync with, when I saw them, they were pretty in sync with the band. He was pretty in sync with the band. I just, um, I would have just loved to have seen them with Jerry though. Right. But if you have time, I was trying mm-hmm. to tell you, um, Amazon has like a four hour documentary on the band of Grateful oh, on the, Dead. On the Dead? Wow. Um, called like Long Strange Trip. Huh. Um, and I saw it like in the movie theater. Um, like, so I crammed like years and years and years of Grateful Dead into mm-hmm. a weekend so I could go see them like I'm on the Memorial Day. Oh, okay. Um, and write a review on it. So I've been, I, I, I crammed, I, and, Judging by how I felt when the show was over, I, I passed the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I was 
pretty high on contact. I had a good contact buzz going and oh, yeah. like I brought my yeah. neighbor and my neighbor was like, Oh God, that was the best show. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, it was great. Um, and like I said, Phil was like, and when I saw Phil like a few months later, mm-hmm. uh, I, I enjoyed that show too. I could, I could easily see me being that guy who be, I could have been that guy. They like toured around and became a deadhead. Yeah. I could have been that guy. Hmm. But, uh, um, in case you guys haven't noticed, we didn't watch the movie. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of assignments, um, <laughs> we, we Jared, didn't do, Jared I, didn't do it. <laughs> I, uh, did you end up watching it? No, because once you told me you weren't going to be able to watch it, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm not I just watch it. so I'm gonna watch British Bake Off. There's there's <laughs> been some stuff going on, and I, I've had to work a lot of extra time lately, and I just knew I wasn't gonna have. I wasn't going to have the time to to sit down and watch it and probably um, take it in and take notes and all that kind of thing. So I was just like, "Hey, let's let's talk about some stuff we're we're enjoying lately." Yeah. Um, and speaking of documentaries, I mm-hmm. guess I'll I'll kick us off because sure. that's a good transition. Oh, there, yeah. Woo. Yeah. See what I did there? Uh, yeah. See <laughs> what you did there. <laughs> um, so I went to see um, Moon Age Daydream. Uh, hmm. uh, about two, maybe two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. It just came out. Yeah. It just came out like last week, but you I went, got when, to, when it was an IMAX, right? Yeah. I went like, it was like a preview day. Mm-hmm. So not like I still had to pay and stuff. Like I'm not a member cool, that cool of a member of the press, mm-hmm. but I went to go, um, they had like a special screening where you got like a poster and nice. Um, and I went to go see an IMAX, which is definitely the right thing to do. Definitely go see it in the biggest screen possible. Um, I, and the, it's funny is because the day I went to see it is the day that the interview came out with the director on Marin. Marin. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, I'm going to see this like. And I honestly, I'd never read anything about it. So, um, reading it, so hearing them talk about it, like they, they were telling me, like, there's no talking heads, there's no anything. Like, I didn't realize right. I'd seen Morgan. It's, it's supposed to be all told through Bowie, right? Yeah. So it's all told through Bowie, and um, Bowie, like old Bowie footage, um, interviews, and stuff like that. So I was like, oh man, this isn't what I think it is. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised by that actually, because mm-hmm. you do get to like, kind of let it wash over you. Um, and you get to, if you're listening both to the music and the interviews, you see how much Bowie just contradicted himself all the time, like about sexuality, about music about experimentation about everything like he never was he was always in search for experience mm-hmm. um like and it was i learned so much about him from himself and this unreleased concert footage is just so effing great but he, he but Morgan relies a lot also on Ziggy Stardust and Inspires from Mars concert film. 
and he relies on the man who fell earth a lot. He does a lot from Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Mm -hmm. Like he relies a lot on footage that's already out there. Um, like stuff that I had seen before. Mm -hmm. But he weaves it together pretty well. He weaves it together pretty well. I think, I think it could easily been 10 minutes shorter. At least it's a oh, really? nearly two hours and 20 minutes. That's but a lot he of repeats a lot. And you want to, but if you're funny, is you were paying attention, his influences, like if you want to know like his influences are, he puts him in there. Brett Morgan does. Like he just does it. He doesn't do in the, he just doesn't do it in an obvious way. It's like you see like clips of Metropolis and you get to like, um, Mike on and Dr. Cabinet, Cal, uh, the cabinet of uh, Caligari. Cabinet, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you get to see like this, these German expressionist movies, and you get to see that. And like, uh, if you're paying attention, if you know what's up, then mm -hmm. you get to like see like, yeah, he's like this is what influences Bowie. And there was moments, especially when he's talking about his brother, and when he's in Berlin, where I'm just like moved to tears. Um, like it affected me so much. Um, huh. wow. Just hearing like his brother commit suicide and like he was scared that that was going to happen to him. Um, and that's why he's has like, that's why he loved the life he did because it was to keep mental illness away. Huh. And I just, uh, I, I just thought like that. That's, amazingly profound and moving and just when he's doing the Berlin records, like he never mentioned like he's like addicted to anything. Like no one says he mentioned drug use or anything like that. Well, obviously that was there though. Yeah. But I, so you it's have to have like some working mention. knowledge of, you have to have some work, working knowledge of Bowie, like going in, if you want to oh, yeah. like, like put it in good, like full context in full whatnot. context. But, like I just recommend go to a movie theater, the nicest movie theater you possibly can with the biggest screen. Well, the fact that it's nice to the it's visually good, yeah, and they they you know that they also they had the approval of the estate and mm -hmm. get get to use the music and everything. So that you know those two things in and of themselves, that's yeah. a good. Those are selling points to me. Yeah, it's really it's really great. I just. It's something that I don't, as much as I give the movie theater experience shit nowadays, like that is definitely a movie theater experience. You have to, like, it's something you have to see in a movie theater. And like the loudest value and the best sound and the biggest screen you possibly can, because I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much. That Even way. on your big TV? Even on my big ass TV. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. See, see what you did there. So, so something else that I think needs to be seen on the big screen is The Woman King. Yo, tell me about this. I, I think it's a phenomenal film. I, the, I, like, I think, you know, I, I went in with kind of high expectations, I guess, because I, I, I really like Viola Davis. Um, I think LaShawna Lynch is great. Oh, um, she's in it too? Yeah, she is. Damn, they put all the camera on. On Viola, like yeah. that, well, already I got mean, me sold. <laughs> Viola is fucking awesome. Like she yeah. kicks so much ass. Um, <laughs> I mean, any person with two eyes and a heart, 
Yeah. Like loves gotta love Yola Davis. Yeah. Um but I mean it's a it's a great I, you know, I I I I'm, I'm I have no idea as to the historical accuracy of it. I know that that gets that's getting yeah, a that's lot been of getting flack, a lot of. But it's just a kick-ass fucking movie. And if you want to go to something that's essentially you know two plus hours of women just kicking fucking ass, and sign me up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fantastic. I, um, I don't think that there's been. You know, there have been things like it from that are are you know, told from a male experience, but I don't think I've seen anything like that told from a you know a female dominant perspective. Um, and it was it was very affecting. Uh, there are places where I got choked up for sure, and there you know so it's not like it's all just the action that it's worth going for. Although I would definitely say that is a main selling point, um, but. It, it it is it's a it's a it is a beautiful film. Um, the fight scenes are fantastic. The I I was I didn't even like really recognize that was John Boyega. Oh uh, yeah, I heard he was in it. Um, but he's really good in it too. And oh wow! Yeah, it, it's. It, I think the fact that you didn't know it was John Boyega and you're just paying attention to Viola. Yeah. And uh, Lashana. Yeah. Who I didn't even know was in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that says a lot about the type of movie you're going into, and that's awesome. I just I by the end of it, I was like, you know, ready to like get up and cheer from my seat, and then also at the end, uh, you know, being like, oh, this movie is amazing, and God, men suck ass, <laughs> <laughs> especially white ones. <laughs> And then you go to the bathroom after it's like, oh, like, oh hey, what's oh, up, dude? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's the kind of movie that makes you want to walk out and just be like, hi, I'm sorry, I'm I'm male and white. I apologize for everything. <laughs> there, um, there have been experiences going into a movie theater. Like I remember, my dad took me to see Malcolm X when oh. I was a kid. And never has it been so clear how very clear I am uh, seeing that movie. And that movie affected me. That not only that experience, yeah, of seeing it, which is undeniably a great movie, but just that experience of seeing it is like, oh man, okay, I'm gonna walk out now and realize that, like, oh, I'm the problem. Yeah, so I, which I think I think it's interesting. I think that's something that Nope is missing. Yeah, oh, that nope doesn't have that, um, which I which I think, um, uh, oh god, why can't I think of his first film? Get out, oh, yeah, yeah, get, get out, out has yeah. like get out has it in spades, and I I think that that's where nope falls short in his in his oeuvre, it's where like, you realize that. Yeah, because, and just because he's go, because he's going for it, yeah, and it doesn't quite get you there, um, mm-hmm. and you know where it's get out definitely successfully gets you there, and the woman king definitely successfully gets you there. Where you know, oh, like where you where you feel like the proper amount of guilt for being, yeah, you know, yeah. There's the no, patriarchy. I felt no guilt, yeah, leaving nope. 
Whereas both with us, not only was it with us, was I legit scared, mm-hmm. like, and creeped out. I There was some guilt um, with us a little bit. And definitely with Get Out. With Get Out, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I think that... And I, that's not, like, a reflection... Well, maybe it is a reflection on me, but I don't think that doesn't make me want to see it. I... I went there knowing like what I was going on. Well, I, I, I see. I, I think with with Nope, um, I, I, I guess I want to say I, I don't think that that's. I'm, I'm not saying that. Well, oh, you're a black filmmaker, so there has to be message in there. I that's not mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that is a, a failing of Nope is that it was attempting to have an element of that in there, and it fell short. Mm-hmm. In that respect, and I was because I was trying to think of like what keeps me from saying, "Oh, this is you know," because I I liked Nope. I still stand by saying it's a good film, but I do think that it has problems, and I have been kind of trying to think of what to me those problems were, and I realize now I think that's one of them. Not that you didn't feel, it didn't, didn't make me feel. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. the Woman King made me feel. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't feel anything. I think that you're absolutely right as I think about And, of course, if you want to listen to us discuss Nope, uh, go to our bonus pods. Was that... Did we do that on the Patreon? We did that on the Patreon. Oh, that's, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, oh, yeah, we have a Patreon, by the way. Five bucks a month, you get two bonus episodes. Yeah. It's funny because we didn't expect to talk about... I didn't expect to talk about this. I would have plugged it much sooner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think that was what was missing from Nope, too, is I didn't feel a damn thing so yeah i i concur so i mean i like technically it's other than the stupid creature like Mm -hmm. i i and i didn't i didn't have a problem with the creature that's that we differ on that as well Mm -hmm. um but yeah woman king highly recommended it's one of my favorite films of the year i think that viola davis deserves to get all the possible awards. Yeah. Um, and the the kid, too. I uh, She was really good in it. Um, and I, I apologize that I'm sure I'm butchering the pronunciation, but Thuso Mbedu. Mm-hmm. Mbedu. Um, yeah. I wish I knew how to answer that. Mm. But uh, she was fantastic in it as well. She's really good. Speaking of movies and actresses. Mm-hmm. That brings me to my next recommendation. Are you ready for this? I am. Lay it on me, man. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm also, I should mention that I'm six months late to the party on this one. Okay. But I saw X, the horror movie. Oh, which I will probably never see because I'm not a huge horror fan. <laughs> well, and yeah, you're not going to want to see this one either if that turns you off. But I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Um, I have, you know, I, I want you to get into why you enjoyed it, but I, I do want to say that I, I have tiptoed into it a little bit because I did watch both Hereditary and Midsommar. Yeah, I don't know. If, yeah, Midsommar is definitely like, uh, I know it definitely. There's some gore in it. Yeah, and there's definitely gore in this one. Like X's Hereditary I'm, is definitely horror, though. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Um, X is X is definitely in a slasher vein, like in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre okay. vein, on its surface. But it has a lot to say 
about without giving away too much because I don't want to like ruin it for you or anyone on the off chance you do see it. Mm -hmm. Like, um, but the, what really impressed me the most is like Mia Goff, who's the lead, who's the, um, who's not only like the girl, but she also plays a dual role. Like she's the woman on this farm. So the main plot is that this, um, this group of uh, filmmakers and uh, exotic dancers uh, decided to rent out a uh, farm house um, in the middle of Texas. See where I'm going with this? With mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they can to secretly shoot a porn film. Uh, and I'm listening. <laughs> so. <laughs> And um, it, it earns the R rating, my friend. So you know if that uh, interests you at all. I know I was. Uh, not, um, anyway, not necessarily. Yeah. So, but um, the family that uh, the couple that they uh, rent this from, played by uh, some old dude, and also played by Mia Goth mm. uh, as his wife. Um, um. So Mia Goth plays the old woman and plays like one of the dancers um and so once the couple gets wind of what they're really doing um it kind of sets off a chain of events uh you know or killings but um it's the first time watching a slasher movie in quite some time where i have felt a degree of sympathy for the slashers. Really? Yeah. And it has a lot to say also about horror and like <laughs> the, the main conceit of the movie is what's the, um, that horror films and porn films are sort of the same thing. Hmm. I don't know if the argument, the argument's convincing, convinced me enough to to agree with the director Ty West who I've seen some of his other movies and um, they're really good I really enjoyed this also horror but like these long slow horror movies where it just builds up okay Um, X kind of gets what else has he done he's done (sighs) he did a western he did a Western. It wasn't a horror movie though, but he did a Western with, um, Ethan Hawke and D'Onofrio. I think it's D'Onofrio. Um, but the one I'm, the one horror movies I'm thinking of are, um, the innkeepers and, uh, house of the devil. Okay. House of the devil is really fucking good. I don't think I've seen any of his work now that you're, you're seeing it. Um, but, they like I felt like you, you feel some sympathy towards this couple um once you learn more about them and um it kind of turns some horror tropes on its head a little bit and I, I just really had a good time it's kind of like you know like kind of funny it's kind of tragic it's definitely gory and scary it definitely earns the R rating um and so- I just was like really 
just thought it was really deep on like a number of levels. Huh. The funny thing is... Like football in the groin? <laughs> Works on so many levels? <laughs> well done, sir. Wait, <laughs> wait... <laughs> Way, Way to take the, the wind Simpsons. out. Yeah. Way to take the wind out of my my recommendation. <laughs> Much like a football to the grind. Yes. <laughs> um, what's been int- really interesting about it is um, one of the reasons why I decided to watch it at this time is because after this, they filmed this movie in New Zealand, and after it was done mm-hmm. for like a million dollars. Okay. Yeah, and after they were done. He, um, Ty West asked Mia Goth to stick around and they filmed a sequel in secret. And now that sequel's out. Pearl? Pearl. Okay. I was going to ask, that was, that, that was the question I was trying to get in there was, yeah. is it the same actress in Pearl? And yes, it is. And apparently it's because it's a sequel to, to X. Gotcha. It's the backstory on the, the, the woman, old, the old woman, the, the old woman who she okay. plays. Gotcha. Um, interesting. Yeah. And then they're making a third one. Which takes place in the eighties, okay. that um, in L.A. apparently, and that's all I know about that one. Um, but I, I recommend, and I really want to see Pearl. And apparently, before I saw X, mm-hmm. um, uh, I saw X, and then like the next this week, apparently Scorsese said he loved Pearl so much. No kidding. Oh, you know what? I think I saw something about yeah, that. Yeah, and this in, is like before I. Twitter this is there. before I found this out. Like huh. I, I wanted to see X for a while. I just, um, I and I just think that's um, and it's an A twenty four thing. So like, of course, like, you know, that immediately gives it uh, an A twenty four horror movie immediately gets cachet. Like sure amongst the they, I mean because they've they've had a good track record. I mean, it seems pretty well deserved. I mean, if they can get you to watch Hereditary and. Midsommar. Yeah. I I would recommend this one to you, you know, as you're like, it's gory, obviously, but um, it's not terribly creepy. And what's cool is like um, the <laughs> the only other. So there are maybe three males in this. And one of them is uh, Scott Miscuti, who's Kit Cootie. Oh, uh, and I think he's great. Uh obviously so um it's a really good movie so as far as horror movies go and movies in general nice i really liked it well my next recommendation is um is how do you burn by the afghan wigs Ooh, tell me more i so are you a bunch of an afghan wigs fan or or greg greg dooley in general um greg dooley went talk to me for my electra article um, so I'm not a fan of him as a person. I, I um, see. I don't think that he's probably actually a great person. Um, I think, yeah, but I like, um, I love that first Twilight Singers album. Oh yeah. Um, there Twilight, few, it was in the Twilight as played by the Twilight Singers. Singers yeah. yeah. It's, I love that album too. I, I, I think the Twilight Singers stuff actually, I, I liked, that's kind of where I came in because of the Lanigan mm-hmm. connection. Yeah. Um, and so I, I tend to like that a little bit more, but I, Oh, and I, I actually saw, I saw the Twilight Singers. I don't know why I'm saying it that way. The, the Twilight Singers. Uh, <laughs> the emphasis on that. But uh, I, I did see them play in this super tiny venue in in Tempe at some point. Was it the Marquee? No. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. No, no, no. This was this was like uh, it was on a 
I mean, it's an it's an it was in a venue that tends to be mostly like bringer shows. I, I don't I don't know if I don't think it was like Joe's Grotto or what. It, you know what, vamp for a second. I've got the ticket. Well, I mean, so going back to like Afghan wigs, like I liked them in the nineties, kind of sort. I think I still have like a record somewhere. What, what's the one with the two kids in front on the cover? Help me, help me. What's that? Gentleman. Yeah, gentleman. I, I like gentleman. Um, I haven't listened to much Julie stuff, and now I truly. Uh, oh, that's right. Margot and the Nuclear So and So is open for them. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was at the clubhouse. Where is that? I don't even know if it still exists, but it was 1320 East Broadway Road in Tempe. Oh, so that would be. Um, that would probably be near the school. Um, it was in like a, a strip mall area, from what I recall. Um, it's on Broadway. It would probably be near. Yeah, it would probably be either towards closer to Priest because it's east. No, it'd be what? No, it'd be. No, it'd be near the freeway. I can I can clear this all up for us. Yeah. Just anyway, I'm just like curious because that's not, that's a venue I've never heard of. Yeah, I I think I've only seen one other show there, and it was like a bringer show, um, for a, a friend's band. Um. Anyway, um, but um, Dooley wouldn't talk to me. Like his PR person just kept getting through. I think we've said that we weren't going to. It's like I never heard definite. And was like. You never gave me a definite answer, so I'm just going to keep bugging you every week and you tell me no. <laughs> <laughs> and he wouldn't talk to me. And that's sort of, that's fine. So, yeah, oh. yeah. So the clubhouse music venue closed down. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but it was. Um, but I need to know where that thing is located. Just curious. Um. Well, there was a New Times article about it closing. <laughs> Probably before my time, though. Wow, it closed uh, back in, in 2012. Yeah, that was way before my time. By then. your friend Benjamin Leatherman. Of course, because if anyone knows about clubs, it's that guy. Um, let's see. So uh, it's where the Horse and Hound Sports Bar is? Oh, okay. Um, anyway... Um, but yeah, so I mean that was that was actually a great show. Um, I had not heard the nu- uh, Margot and the Nuclear So and Sos before. Um, I tried to interview them once, and it was they were they were pretty good actually. Um, I bought. They're a good album. They're a good. They're a good I got a couple of good albums. Let's try. Um, yeah, I have I have one where there's I have one of their CDs where it's it's a, a woman and a bird on the front. Uh. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I, I really like Greg Dooley. I, he's, he, I, and I don't, I actually probably, I don't think I like the Afghan wigs so much prior, like when they were on sub pop, there are, there's one or two albums that are pretty good, but I really feel like they, they formed what their, their kind of this, this sort of muscular sound is that was grunge adjacent, but not really falling in with grunge. Yeah. I mean, there was, it was much, I mean, (laughs) oddly enough, it felt like it was dirtier than grunge yeah um like there was some kind of there's with and i think this is probably reflective of of dooley himself but there was something kind of greasy to it yeah Um, it seemed like this is what 
Afghan wigs was always heading to what early queens of the Stone Age would be. Like this mm. greasy, yeah. hard rock type. Right. Which thing. you know, which why is why something like the the Gutter Twins album, which is which is Mark Lanigan and Greg Dooley. Um, and it's a fucking phenomenal album, in my opinion, um, is why it, it, that sounds the way it does. It's very much that. It's mm-hmm. it's like, it's it's kind of like if the two of them had made a Queens of the Stone Age album. Yeah, basically. it's like Afghan Wigs started, then took a break, and then... Um, and then Queens picked it up. Queens picked it up right. and took it someplace. And then Dooley was like, hey, okay, all right, I'm going to do something that's a little different with the Twilight Singers. Yeah, and yeah, they kind of went diverged and I mean but he's so uh, he's he's one of those guys where I think he's he's got and I'm not giving him genius status or anything but he is a very talented person he can play mm-hmm. just about anything and there there are some of those Twilight Singers albums where essentially it is him playing all of the instruments mm-hmm. um, and and he plays most of the instruments on the Gutter Twins album too so I mean he he has he has that kind of genius mentality, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which is usually code for asshole. Um, yeah. And, you know, but it's this album and, and I, I liked the, this is their, the second album since their reunion. I want to say second or I think, I think you're right. Third. And I, I enjoyed the previous one too. This one definitely, it's just, it scratches an itch as far as, that type of, of rock music goes that is that builds and is cinematic in scope where it mm-hmm. definitely goes for a feeling. Um, and it's, it's, um, I, you know, I would say it's, it's damn close to, it, it might end up in one in the top five albums of the year. I think it's that good. Wow. For me. Um, so yeah, I, and well, and and I, I I tweeted as as much, and the yeah, and I, they, I saw they, that. they they liked my tweet. So oh well, I'm sure the street team uh, thanks you for for yeah. <laughs> um, but and, well, and so for for anybody who has followed the Afghan Wigs for some time, there is a connection to gentlemen uh, in one of the the uh, you know uh, because they're not one of my quote unquote my bands um i don't know as much backstory for them as i might some of you know like say a squeeze or something like that um but apparently there's one of the guest vocalists on um on how do you burn uh is from that gentleman uh 1965 era where they were kind of you know at Mm -hmm. their biggest um that they were never that big though but they, they were just enough. They, I mean, they were kind of. They got a cult. Yeah, yeah, they were big enough to get a following, um, and they were, they were critically enjoyed for some time as mm-hmm. well. See, the only the reason I knew of them is because someone lo- lent me the CD, and then I started hearing them like an adult alternative from Canada. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I just like I liked it, but not enough to like grab me and like. Uh, it was fine. Like it's fine. I like it. Like, and but I, I'm going to probably give it a listen if you are giving it this exalted status. I mean, it's definitely you have my attention. I mean, he's he's one of those lyricists where, if you pay attention, he's he's actually 
he's doing some interesting things um, and like very poetic too. So this the song Domino and Jimmy um, starts with the the verse. Uh, Let me reread my testimony. I almost said of our uncertain ceremony upon the rock I bled. I am your sadness, baby, your light of day, like a living ghost. Hey, you get lost inside my head. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's, I, yeah, I like it a lot. I I would say, I would say definitely it is their third reunion album. Um, definitely give it a listen. If you've ever liked them, I think it's a really, you know, solid effort and probably one of their best in, in some time. Yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, records, my next recommendation, which I brought to peruse for you to peruse at some point is, uh, cream magazine. (laughs) Um, yeah. What are all these like goodies that you're talking about having gotten with your subscription? Um, apparently, uh, I I get a discount at the, uh, at the boy, Howie gift shop. (laughs) Um, and a, uh, Ox, one of those Oxford uh, banners with Boy Howdy on it. Um, so um, I bet you're, well, for those who probably don't know, Cream Magazine was around from 1969 to 1989 and uh, was probably made famous to this generation because of Almost Famous. Mm-hmm. Uh which Cameron Crowe wrote for Cream Magazine along with Lester Bangs, Greil Marcus, mm-hmm. uh, Jan Olsinski. Uh, like many famous writers have gone through uh, the Cream, they've gone through Cream. And um, I didn't know much about growing up. Uh, it was published in, my, in, in uh, Detroit. Um, I used to see it like on the stands, but... I, no. I didn't honestly. I mean, I I, I never got them, to buy it. Yeah. I thought of them basically as a '60s and '70s magazine. I yeah. didn't, I didn't realize they went like it, I was like 11 when did. it ended. Mm-hmm. So like I wasn't even like I was still listening to like whatever my dad was listening to, mm-hmm. which wasn't good. <laughs> oh, huh. which well, yeah, which we've my dad he yeah. does like Barry Manilow. Yeah, um, <laughs> but like it's status. Exalted stats, I think, got even more exalted because of Almost Famous. Right. But it's kind of like hung around for like the last three years, like as a uh, like a piece of nostalgia and um, just, you know, as the only rock and roll magazine. And it came back and I wanted to like give it a sh- And I just as a music journalist and someone who likes rock and roll, I decided to buy a subscription. It's now a quarterly magazine, which as you can see, Jared, it mm-hmm. is like huge. It's a big magazine. It's yeah, a, it's, it's like, it's bigger than the issue of uncut. Like, well, it, it reminds me of like the, the large style format of an, of interview magazine. Yeah. It's like got big, thick pages and, um, and this issue is just like amazing. It's like, the size of a coffee table book. And um, not only are like there are these glorious pictures like of 
crowd surfing and Florence and the Machine mm-hmm. and um, uh, Sally Morrissey is also in it. Did uh, you say Morrissey? Yes, as in uh, in these pictures. As in Stephen Patrick. <laughs> as in yeah. <laughs> he of the Smiths. He of the Smiths. He of the uh, you know. Wildly inappropriate comments on the world lately. Kind yeah, of thing. Yes. Um, but there's also Trent Reznor. So, I mean, there you go. So it, it all evens out. But you, you can pretty much only like Morrissey these days if you ignore anything he ever says. Yeah. Um, but there's like this really... But I knew this was for me, and I was telling you this earlier, mm-hmm. is like they have like made-up letters to the editor. I assume they're made up. Um, there's an oral history of the only Osmond's rock album, uh, um, which is secretly loved by, which as the article points out, was secretly loved by Led Zeppelin, uh. Paul McCartney <laughs> and Ozzy Osbourne. I mean, like, it can't be that secret if they, if they know that they like, well, it. no one tell like the only people that they tell that they like it are the Osmonds. and. Oh. Like, and no one wants to hear what the Osmonds have to say. <laughs> like, they are this weird cult unto themselves. Well, it's like Donnie, Donnie explains in the article that when he was on Dancing with the Stars, Ozzy came up to him and told him that Crazy Horses was like, like one of the best albums, period. Like the mm. fucking Prince of Darkness. Yeah. Telling like Mr. Clean Cut. Yeah. That like you made like the rockiest rock album ever. Well, it, who, um, what year did that come out? Uh, what crazy horse? Yeah. Or, or, or crazy. Uh, oh, um, it's not crazy horse, by the way. That's, a, um, it's something like that though. Yeah. Um, I got it right here. Hold on. Um, <laughs> which, um, by the way, they have Kurt vile as the cream dream. <laughs> 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 uh, like of all people. Um, I think that's great, actually. Um, only then to like mock, mock Mac DeMarco like a few pages later. <laughs> oh yes, uh, yeah, it's Crazy Horses. Um, and it came out in '72, and no one wanted this album to be made. Like they thought, like no one's going to get this album because it's a bunch of more. Like because Donnie had already been doing like the the teeny bop stuff, right? So he's like doing like one one bad apple and like and they talk about like at concert too we perform like one bad apple and like mm-hmm. all these like teeny bop songs and then they do like crazy horses mm-hmm. and like it's like this is for my girlfriend <laughs> and this is for me <laughs> like and it was and then it was like this one thing because then the next album they did was called the plan which is about like a concept album on how they feel about Mormonism, which they're for it. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, so I, it's, I mean, that was really interesting to read. And then like the, one of the bands that they highlight is this band that I've loved for like two years called special interest. It's this band out of NOLA, uh, New Orleans for, uh, those who don't, uh, who um, who aren't hip. Yeah. And I've never like read anything like much about them, like other than like maybe some like not great music blog. Like Pitchfork doesn't write like write about this band only in like review form. Mm. But like they have the full pictorial here and like about how 
like, and you know how really like how, and they're giving like an honest opinion, like how what it's like to play festivals, which is kind of like what they've been doing lately. And like you realize that the festival circuit's really not that great to an up and coming band. No, because like, you're at the bottom of the list. Yeah, and like other than the exposure, you're playing early in the day. It's when people are are just starting to show up. Mm-hmm. Nobody's really paying attention, and the promoters you. don't give a shit. Right? Um, yeah, it's just there to fill out slots. So, what was the name of the band again? Uh, special interest. I, what's the what are the what what's the sound? Um, I would say it's like post punk industrial. Okay. Um, like their new albums, but the thing is, like their new album, the first single from their new album, which comes out in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, this doesn't sound anything like the last one in the best way. Um, it's called Endure, and they're, um, um, but the first the album that I love is called The Passion of, um, and I just there's a song called Don't Kiss Me in Public hmm. um, that is just like ear sharing in the best way. It's just powerful. It's got a lot to say. It's very direct. It sounds great. When it come like it's one of the when it's on shuffle like when I have my music on shuffle, mm-hmm. I never turn anything off from the album. Like gotcha. it's just like I'll skip whatever hippie thing I read like in Drunkard or something. But mm-hmm. this record I, I don't turn off like and that's what I just like about like this is ju- this re- this issue is that like you have like an excerpt from like the Who mm. or from an upcoming Who book like it covers classic rock it covers like um so it, it does it does a really good job of actually just be like mm-hmm. a good music survey yeah it does like it covers classic it covers modern just what they what Which their writers dig. Not unlike Uncut, but I haven't, I have not. Um... It's not trying to, like, it's not trying hard to be relevant. Mm-hmm. I think it's just trying, like, it's like you get the, um, if you've seen the Cream documentary, which is streaming on Prime. Mm-hmm. You're giving a lot of plugs to Prime this, this episode. Have I? Mm-hmm. It's funny because I really didn't want to. <laughs> um, um, if you if you um, like if you watch if you watch the Coon documentary, you, you do get the sense that everyone is just writing about what they love. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I like about being a subscriber to Cream too is that I get access to all the old magazines. Yeah, you mentioned that. I mentioned that. You, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mentioned that in another bonus episode. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And it takes me on these rebels, but I get the feeling like this is something that they feel, they're passionate about. And I get the feeling that's that's the feeling I get here is like, like in the middle of like these winky things, like of like Slash in his filling up car gas in his car, mm-hmm. and uh, Kurt Vile posing in a library, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like these are things that like not only make for good reading, but are things that like the writers are passionate about here. And that's what you, that's why I know you got when cream started its uh, 20 year run mm-hmm. the first time around. And they're cool. very, it's very, uh, it's not done like in a, 
it's done in a very respectful way. So you, you're saying worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. And I, like when we were talking, when we started off this podcast, mm-hmm. our recommendations were talking about like Mac DeMarco and weird for the sake of being uh, weird. weird for the sake of being weird. Like, like you don't, you don't get that sense from them. You just get the sense. Of no, them. but the fact that they decided to make a, to write an essay about, I haven't read it yet. So I'm not, I don't know where they ultimately land. I'm Mac DeMarco, but I assume it's mm-hmm. not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the fact that they're taking someone who's beloved, uh-huh. um, like Mac DeMarco and kind of, you know, letting him have his day. Sure. You don't get that right now. Mm-hmm. Every like optimism still reigns, uh, reigns hard yeah. a little bit. Um, and I'm all for optimism, but sometimes I want to hear like, why, like, I want to hear why, why somebody yeah, doesn't like why something. something's over overrated or why. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. No, there's gotta be a good mix of that because not everything can be great. Yeah. Like we can't just say Taylor Swift is not for me. I mean, she's not for me. I was going to say, <laughs> I can say Taylor Swift is not for me. Yeah. Like we can't just say like, um, and we can't just immediately give her a pass because she's popular, right? Um, which is also funny because um, the other thing going around uh, the internet this week is Jan Wenner from Rolling Stone, the guy who founded Rolling Stone. Yeah, because his memoir is coming out. Yeah. Him and Bruce Springsteen had a talk at the 92 Street Y. Yeah. And they're talking about how they gave Fairweather Johnson the second Hootie and the Blowfish album like a good review. (laughs) And Jan didn't know. And the funny thing is that Jan didn't know, like told this, gave its excuse. And he had it entirely wrong because the person who wrote that review Uh was Jim DeRogatis. Um, he thought Jan said it was a it was a female writer. Jim is not. <laughs> Jim is definitely not a female. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jim didn't get fired for writing the review. Jim got fired for the soundbite he gave to the New York Times oh. about the shit he got for writing the review. <laughs> Which, if you follow Jim DeRogatis, who, by the way, is the best rock journalist writing right now, period. Oh, yeah? He's the one who exposed R. Kelly. Oh, really? Yeah. Jim DeRogatis, no slouch. Okay. He He just happened to like that second Hootie and the Blowfish album. He did not like it. Oh. Yeah, he did not like it. Jan Wenner liked it because why argue with a... Uh, why argue with a uh, um, a band that sold a million records? Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, like, and Jim. It's funny is that Jim has written books about Jim wrote a book about Lester Bangs, mm-hmm. uh, who was the you know marquee writer for Cream, and right. that's kind of like you can see like where Rolling Stone is now. Mm-hmm. 
like cream still like respected for that. I guess it's where I'm going with this. Gotcha. Is that no one still has questions like how a magazine, how the magazine ranks like and things like everyone knows like Rolling Stones dead. Yeah. <laughs> and it has been for a long time. Too, and I say that as someone who has who written for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, the, you know, <laughs> they, they're the kind of magazine now that you know as soon as a new Springsteen album comes out, as soon as a new U2 album comes out, like any of the big guys, as soon as they have a new album come out, it's going to be like, album of the year, five stars. Yeah. One of their best and, and one of the best in their, which no, it's not. Like, what? I'm sorry. They gave five stars to Working on a Dream. <laughs> working on a Dream is one of Bruce's worst albums. <laughs> they, they gave a U2 album that no one likes. Mm-hmm. Like album of the year, yeah. And as someone who loves you too, unabashedly, mm-hmm. like even I knew like that was the wrong take. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I exactly. So it's not you don't go to Rolling Stone for integrity. Yeah, and yeah, at least like I bring this beautiful thing that has integrity. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only is it sturdy, but <laughs> like the yeah. words hold integrity too. I oh, wish I, there were more reviews. I, I, there aren't any reviews in this, but I mean, like it's a quarterly. It's... Well, I wonder do they if they do reviews online. Yeah. Um, um, so I, I I might do the digital version. I gotta say I. The I'm new probably, stuff's on digital too, by the way. I, I probably am not going to subscribe to any more physical magazines because yeah. I I I just a I don't really have the space for it, and two I I don't know I like. I, like I subscribed to the New Yorker for a while. Oh, I tried that, yeah. and I just I'm like these are piling up. I'm not going to read them. I'm sad, you know. It's it's just who I don't have the time for it. And then like once you have them, like I want to get rid of them. I'm still going to read these one day, right? Yeah, and right. the answer is no. You are not. The answer is you are not. Okay, I'm going to wrap us up with a final recommendation. Yeah. Um, it's it's actually it's it's a recommendation that I'm really excited to make because I've liked this artist for a really long time. And they had such a great string of first few albums. And then they just, like, I don't know what happened. They, they, they found Spain and happiness and, um, you know. How dare they? Family. And then released what I think are just objectively disappointing albums. Um, it's Josh Rouse. <laughs> um, I, I, I think from... I did not expect that. Really? <laughs> I did not expect you to, like... Like what's the like the lead up here is like who are we talking about? Like, who's like yeah? And then like, like Josh, I'm like, oh my god, that's someone who I haven't thought about since probably since the early aughts, right? Yeah, yeah. So I he just to I'm gonna name like the the I I th- I think that just like the arc of 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 great albums that he had from the beginning because dressed up like Nebraska I think is a great album. Uh, Home, I think, is a great album. That's the one that's got um, uh, uh, Directions, which was also on... um, Is it Directions that was? But anyway, Cameron Crowe featured it in Vanilla Sky, one of his songs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. um, From that album. And uh, Under Cold Blue Stars, somewhere in there he did um, an an EP, I think it's called Chester, with uh, Kurt Wagner from Lamb Chop. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1972, which is a great album, and then Nashville, which is a, a a great album. So like that run, let's see, dressed up like Nebraska. Nashville, I like. Um, I've heard that one in a while though. Nash Nashville's fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, that's one where I don't think there's a dud on there. So let's see. Dress up like Nebraska. Home. Under Cold Blue Stars. I'm going to, even leaving out the EP. So um, 1972, Nashville. So basically, like, his run of five albums for um, uh, when he was on Ryko. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, and then he go, uh, he, his next album after that was sub substitulo and that's where like he i think around the time he met his his wife and they relocated to spain and all this kind of thing and then so like half of that album is pretty solid mm-hmm. and then the other half is meh and from that point on he's, he's just like so inconsistent and then there are some albums that are just like unlistenable for me because um, they're happy well, I mean, not not even just like he's trying something. He, and not that I don't respect somebody trying something different, but different in a bad way. Like the songs themselves just weren't good. Yeah. Um, and so th- then I I happened to uh, so so the the last album that he put out prior to this, or maybe it was a couple albums ago. Um, he had one like I think really strong one in there in the middle somewhere there called the Happiness Waltz. Um, that was that's really good. Um, but overall the quality just ends up being so inconsistent and I got, I was disappointed enough to the point where when I did just like, like, okay, new Josh Rouse album, I'm going to go buy it. Um, listen to it. I was like, this is fucking bullshit. And I was like, never again, fool me, you know, several times Josh Rouse, but not again. Um, so when I was browsing through Stinkweeds and I saw he had this, this new album called Going Places, I'm like... Uh, I'm going to listen to it first. <laughs> I'm going to listen to it first and decide whether or not it's worth picking up. Um, but I started to see some, and it's it just like, normally I would be on the pulse and just like, no, oh, he's got a new album coming out. I had no idea. It just came out, I think, uh, in the spring, I want to say, and I just had no idea that it was out there. And so I listened to it on Apple Music, and I was like, it's just it's ten songs that just breeze effortlessly by. They're they're these you know melodically gorgeous, lyrically, um, you know, kind of you know affecting. Honestly, like there's there's some great twists of of phrase, and um, it's just it's also just really consistent. And these songs, like I I think for the the entire length of the it's like a thirty minute album. You know, all of the songs clock in right around that three-minute mark, so it's it hits that sweet spot of just not overstaying. It's welcome. It's very tight, um, and his his band is you know they sound fantastic. It's it's pretty kind of like light melodic, just again something that he is so adept at. Like he he's he, these songs just seem to you know they're they're simple and melodic and you know, almost to the point of you being able to be dismissive of it as just being kind of like, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. It's called going places. I think it's, it's his best work in, in some time. I I highly recommend it. It, I mean, probably, um, probably since Nashville, it's, it's probably the one that I've loved start to finish the most since Nashville. Nice. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's going to do it yeah. for me for recommendations. I think that's, that's, um, a good place to leave it. Um, speaking of 
Apple Music, just one more thing I want to bring up here because mm-hmm. I don't know where else I'll be able to get to because I'll probably forget about it in two weeks. We could do it on the bonus. We could, but um, if you do have Apple Music, or I don't know if it's on Spotify, but David Byrne has a his station. Oh, yeah? Has a, a station where like, he does playlists. Mm-hmm. And I was... Um, like, in every Thursday, you get, like, a friend's mix and uh, of people that your artists that your friends listen to. And I uh, am friends on Apple Music with uh, David Byrne. Music? What's that? I think we're friends on We're Apple not music. friends on Apple Music. Um, I don't know why, dude. Um, but I'm friends with Michael Shaban <laughs> on Apple Music. Uh-huh. As in, I just follow his playlists because they're public. Gotcha. Um, and because the author of Telegraph Avenue should have, you know, a taste in music. Sure. And, uh, but David Byrne, uh, has turned me on to a number of bands that I would have never have known about otherwise from the friends mix hmm. uh, that they do. And, um, I've been really, um, and of course it's all like, Rhythms saying that he would, would not be out of place on his Luca Bop album, uh, Luca Bop label when it was in its prime. Hmm. So, kind of like international artists that you wouldn't exactly. Well, the band that I really got turned on to, let me pull up because I'm gonna screw it up. Okay, they're actually from Texas. Oh, really? And of course, I'm like probably two years late on this, uh, uh 10 years late on this, uh, um. Thing, but uh, Craig Ben, uh, it's spelled K H R U A N G B I N. Hmm, never heard of it. Yeah, like, and it's like, um, it's got some elements of disco because the first thing I thought when I was listening to this one song was that it sounded like, uh, like more, more, more by the Andrea True Connection. Oh, huh. But it's not. It's not that at all. It's like completely like this original thing and the singer is this, the, the singer of the band, the band, that's her voice because everything else sounds like it too. Huh. And I just listened to like their Essentials playlist and I did not stop. I just kept listening. There was not done in the bunch. Interesting. And, and yeah, you know, this has been going on like music like this has gone like not in my ears for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I'm pissed that for a decade I did not know that this band existed. Interesting. Um, there's been a few other ones. Um, um, there's like a R and B band called Gabriel's uh, that I also really enjoyed, like like seventies R and B like hmm. stuff, like but made now. And apparently, like Alton John likes them because he had them on his radio show. Interesting. <laughs> like, so I mean. Son of a bitch, like, uh, like this. I, 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 the only reason why I'm mad is because like all this great music has been happening and I haven't known about it. Well, I mean, but I think that's the that's the fantastic thing about music, though, right? Is yeah. that it's out there whenever you happen to discover it. Exactly, you know, it's just waiting there for you, and it's it's like sparks. There was a you know fifty year career yeah. that I would have had. You know, if, if were it not for having seen the documentary, I probably would. It would you know mm-hmm. I would I would just recognize them as the quirky duo that showed up with all the the troubadours in that episode of of Gilmore Girls where they're all you know trying to take the place of Grant uh, Grantley Phillips, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's 
that uh, that's the beautiful thing about it. you know this even some of the 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 things that like you know it's like I was talking to you about the on this very episode about the Grateful Dead. It's like I know they're out there, and at some point I will go down that rabbit hole. You know, recently it was um, Love. I had never oh, you know, yeah. really paid attention to them, and then I got uh, what did I get? I think uh, Love uh, for Sale. F O U R S A I L. Yeah. Um, and it's like. You know, fucking amazing, Arthur Lee. You know, I know, right? Fucking, yeah, and I would never know about them if it wasn't for High Fidelity, right? I did know, yeah, I knew that song, um, and that made me want to go on even go down that ride a little bit more. Yeah, I, that, I, again, that's that's the that's the beautiful thing about it is that it's all out there, and you never know what it is. It's just going to be like, no, I'm ready to try this. Yeah, and then when it turns out to be that kind of thing, where you're like, this is fucking amazing. It's just it's the it's one of those unbeatable feelings. Yeah, I that's like I'm I guess I'm just I'm it's frustrating, but it's nice that I get to discover something like that. Just like yeah, like organically, like yeah. it hasn't been. That's kind of why I like that's kind of why I like cream like this issue of creams because like it's like a trusted friend telling me, oh you've got to find this yeah, or you got to listen to this. Um, and I, or at least or learn more about this band that I've loved for two years and no one wanted to write about them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Music, no. good stuff. That's what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Music, the movies, it's good stuff. It's great. It's great. <laughs> All right. Well, I we will definitely be back into the HCU on the next episode. Yeah. So if you did watch... Um, if you did watch, can you ever forgive me? Or if you didn't get a chance, so now is your, you know, you'll have a couple of weeks after this post to, to, uh, to, to get in there and watch it. And, uh, until then, keep it mental, Platter Peeps. Mental Platypus is a production of Hoot and Waddle, producing fine arts and culture podcasts and publishing works of experimental literature since 2016. To learn more about Hoot and Waddle, please visit hootandwaddle.com. To learn how you can help support and sustain Hoot and Waddle, please visit patreon.com forward slash hootandwaddle.